Hello and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines uh, with me, Gary Middleton, and today's special guest, uh, Lloyd Miller, uh, who's the FDO uh, Women's and Girls Lead at, at Northumberland FA. Uh, topic we're going to talk about today, Lloyd, growing the female game. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Yeah, brilliant. Appreciate the uh, chance to catch up. Lloyd, uh, just to start with, uh, thanks for giving up your time and discuss this topic today. Can you just just explain to everyone uh, listening in your journey and what your current role entails? Yeah, so in terms of journey, going back when I first started volunteering as uh, at seventeen, um, it's funny because sort of get a bit of a taste for coaching just with studying sports at uh, at college. Then got introduced as part of the course to the level one and got a bit of a book for coaching. Thought I enjoyed that. Um, it might be worthwhile using it sooner rather than later. And I was just passing a, uh, a couple of local football pitches where I played. It was more like just turn up and play on a Saturday morning. The coach that was a great role model to me when I was younger was still delivering. So I went by and got chatting, got his number. Then a couple of weeks later, I was um, I was just putting down cones and helping helping with the sessions. Obviously, from there on in, it was clear that working within sports and particularly coaching was something that I had quite a lot of interest in and that grew into a stronger passion and started to think more about working in that um, environment, trying to look for opportunities to volunteer further um, and, and looking at paid roles as well. So that nudged me towards studying at Northumbria University on a bachelor's in sports science and then um, continued on there obviously coming towards the end of my third year as a undergrad decided you know I've got a part-time continuous football coaching role with the Newcastle United Foundation I want to further it and um, took up a master's in sports coaching obviously taking on taking in these roles with um, with volunteering opportunities was fantastic and actually looking online and seeing opportunities that were overseas. So I managed to use kind of summer opportunities to, to go away with different various organisations, whether it be with Northumbria University uh, in Zambia or with Lions Row, who were a terrific volunteer organisation who used major football events such as the Euros in Poland and the World Cup in Brazil, where I tagged along and um, just really got an opportunity to come out you know, of the typical comfort zone uh, in, in coach football. Lloyd, would you say that the volunteering that you did in the early days helped you along the way in your pathway, do you think? Yeah, massively, massively. And um, I couldn't um, I couldn't emphasise the, the importance of it really enough for, for those listening, is that you get so many benefits in terms of hours on the grass. Um, no doubt you'll be with someone else um, who might be a more experienced and knowledgeable coach that you can pick bits up from. Um, and also, I guess, when you're volunteering, you may have an opportunity to step back without being thrown into the deep end. Sometimes you may have to learn quickly because you might not have that opportunity, whereas you might be that, that lead coach as a volunteer. But in terms of hours on the grass, but also experience from trial and error of um, coaching in different ways, coaching different topics, um, volunteering provides that. And any any role models along along the way in that period when you started out? 
Yeah, I think um, Ian Dixon, he was called the, the, the coach I referenced that. Um, I stopped, you know, I stopped by the local playing fields and that was my first real experience of volunteering coaching. Um, I was at the foundation, had a great role model in the football development manager, uh, who, uh, Neil Winskill, who obviously has been a big part of my coaching to date. So I suppose in terms of my role models, those were probably two key ones. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you want to carry on your, your story there? Yeah. So obviously um, it was great opportunities to, to accelerate my coaching and learning with meeting new people for the first time, particularly on these summer projects um, where some similarities in terms of myself and the other volunteers were there for the first time. But actually, what I think on our feet and be very uh, proactive and, and kind of taking the taking the consideration the culture and how that shaped what we delivered, um, as well as just learning from from each other. The fortunate thing about it was that we coached in groups, so in terms of support there and then on the pitch, we could um, we could share ideas and feedback to each other and be, you know, really provide that peer learning, yeah. which. Um, in some environments, when you you're not speaking English, I'm use broken English or use an interpreter, or you're trying to use uh, their language such as Portuguese. It's um, it's a big help having others around you because you mm. can learn bits from mm. them. So your current role at the minute? So current role here at Northumberland FA, uh, football development officer for women and girls. So been in the role since November. Um, some of the key parts. So my role is overseeing both the girls' pathway, but also looking at what we can offer uh, women within the football here in Northumberland. Some of the, the key things that I've oversaw so far in the role is the Wildcats programme. Yeah. Um, so something that's targeting girls aged 5 to 11. Uh, also looking, looking to try and strengthen links with the local schools and school support partnerships to try and increase and make girls football more accessible um, and trying to keep them within the game. Uh, additionally, it's, it's been great recently to try and focus on some coach education to assist with what uh, is already being delivered and brilliantly with the Coach to Coach programme. So um, looking at a national uh, initiative with female-only coach mentoring, which is going to start um, this month which is going to encourage 10 local female coaches as mentees to access free mentoring, but also have that group environment where they can build both their coaching confidence and knowledge in a group environment that's relaxed um, because coaches attending are in similar parts of their coaching journey. Who support you within within this? So Within the role? Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess yourself is, is a huge help, Gary. Um, working alongside each other uh, day by day. Each week is two football development officers with passions for growing the local game and really trying to increase participation both from volunteer point of view, playing point of view, coaching point of view. Um, it's it's great as a to have a sounding board regularly. Um, and the mentoring side for the for the female game. Yeah, for the female game. Um, Adam Furness has uh, been assigned to that role. Uh, so Adam's uh, going to work closely with myself in, in trying to support these 10 mentee coaches and looking at 
delivering both in-person and online support. That's a fantastic opportunity, isn't it, for the for the coaches, uh, female coaches in the in the game to, to get again that support to develop their skills and knowledge moving forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because there's going to be key introduction, in, I guess, introductory topics that Adam focuses on. Yeah, um, and there's there's going to be a key part about making it accessible as well. So, making sure that um, we offer support online as well as. Uh, in person where Adam can go and observe but also hold whole group type sessions um, where they'll also get that in person PR learning from coaching themselves. And you'll be getting some support from Sui? Yeah, so um, really, really excited as part of the Lionesses Coach Development Programme that Sui and I have helped create. Just to, Sui Smith. Sui Smith, yeah. Just to um, provide a bit of opportunity for female coaches who wanted to just build a coaching confidence with other female coaches and like-minded coaches. Um, so as part of Sue Smith's role, she'll help uh, lead and deliver three workshops as part of the programme, um, which will kick off in March, uh, and the second and third workshops taking place in May and July. Around that will be some ad hoc support, which I can offer, but the great thing about having Sue come and support is... Um, the three workshops will fit in nicely with what she delivers with other county FAs. So there's yeah. that consistency with what our coaches Northumberland access compared with other counties. Yeah, Lloyd, uh, here at Northumberland FA, we have a, uh, an FA strategy um, to develop the female game over the next three years. Can you just go into a little bit more detail around that and what that looks like, please? Yeah, so... Um, Obviously, Northumberland FA recently produced an ambitious three-year strategy uh, using the power of football to, to really inspire, unite and create opportunities for all. And this is the, the theme of, obviously, what we look to try and do in our uh, weekly delivery here at the County FA. Some of the things that the uh, strategy really focused on, and again, really collating feedback in-house, but certainly from the public working in the heart of grassroots football was trying to improve facilities and access to artificial pitches, uh, more summer football provision, more support and development for coaches, um, which is, if I just elaborate with, the relaunch of the Coach to Coach Development Programme, uh, which has been really successful in past years, um, which also includes the Football Expo, which is the one-off event in the summer. More referees brought into the game, so Nomad Saubi, our referee development officer, is working hard to make sure Existing referees have that support, but also there's opportunities for those 14 plus to to attain the qualifications. And in the last two, it was better behaviour from players, parents, and coaches. And lastly, specifically, some feedback from our under 18s was more emphasis on fun and enjoyment of the game. Um, so those are some of the cornerstones of the strategy that was put together by the county FA here at Northumberland, um, and. Obviously, it's something that we always reflect back on to make sure that provision that we're looking to plan and deliver is centred around this. And, and around the female game within that, obviously, you know, we've, we're forever seeing that growing. Um, what areas would you say we're looking at for to make that become mm -hmm. bigger than it already is? I think there's a, there's a few things that will help um, 
increased participation, both from a playing and coaching point of view within the female game. Um, so I think some easy wins could be asking, so asking parents and those that, um, you know, coach, would you like to help? Um, more CPD for coaches, so they provide that uh, increasing knowledge base and, it, you know, it helps keep them within the game and they feel like they've got the support they need to, to become better. Um, I was on a workshop recently and um, other ways to try and, you know, encourage more coaches to become involved from going from being a parent to helping support what might be, you know, a lot of teams to cover. It's having more parent engagement within teams. So that could be on a game day and whatnot. Um, more recreational offers for girls to turn up and play. And it's something I'm going to touch on in, on a bit about uh, some of the FA initiatives that they're looking to um, deliver to help offer girls opportunity to play without being um, put into a competitive environment that might not be for them. Celebrate success. I think that will help grow the number of, uh, of people within female football. So making those feel appreciated within the game and valued, whether it be players, volunteers. Uh, and those examples could be, you know, making sure that if a coach attains a qualification or a player celebrates a milestone at the same club, that it's recognised. Um, and I guess another one, and it's been great for, for me to get out and look at uh, local grassroots clubs, is making sure that we're kind of pragmatic with pitch high and space to accommodate teams, to make sure teams don't fall to one side or they don't feel valued because they've got less space more often than other teams. So it's kind of little things like that. And mm. there's plenty of others as well. But like What challenges can you see uh, that we may come across uh, for to make this progress? I think recruiting and retaining volunteer mm. coaches. Yeah. And I think um, I've been fortunate to connect with uh, various other football development officers up and down the, the country. Um, and, that, and that's a similar uh, challenge for them. Um, so it's about us trying to think of new ways to to interest potential parents or people that love football in becoming a volunteer coach. And then the important thing is not to look at recruiting new coaches, but how we can best safeguard their involvement by retaining them. Yeah. Um, indoor space, I think, is another challenge to try and encourage um, at least 10 months of the year football for, for both girls and boys. So... Um, thinking how we can use local leisure centres more and local schools to ensure teams don't stop when we have to go inside. And then lastly, ensuring girls have a safe environment to express themselves in. So that's, you know, comes from those around them, parents, coaches, making sure they're, you know, they've got the first impression when they come to the sessions, it's welcoming, but that they get positive reinforcement throughout. So yeah. they get a feel good factor and, um, ultimately, I think you know I've heard it a lot recently. A measure of success is whether you whether your players want to come back to the next session. Yeah. So um, I think those things would help yeah. alleviate any challenges or barriers. Absolutely. Um, if there's any clubs out there listening in to to, to this uh, podcast, uh, Lloyd, how kids and the possibly of either just starting out. The, the first female team or they're looking to, to get the first female team or a group of girls playing uh, and engage with the club 
Um, what can they do uh, and, and what support is there out there for us to, to get more clubs uh, given opportunities for females to play the game? I think a couple of ways is offering taster sessions. Yeah. Um, so that might be a standalone session that those attending or coming to from, for the first time and you might have one or two existing players within the club to help um, make them feel welcome and at home and um, alleviate any nerves if it's a you know, particularly girls first time turning up. Uh, bring a buddy is something that I've used at when I've been coaching teams. So if if players within the team have a friend that loves football, is interested in trying to come to your team, it might be that. And um, for a particular couple of weeks, you know, players within your team are encouraged to bring a friend um, and they join in and they, you know, obviously you get more numbers attending the session and players who are coming for the first time can see what it typical session and environment looks like other things clubs could do is um, which is you know takes a little bit more resources delivering festivals in the summer so using that warm weather in the, in the calendar to to host events that is uh, non-winning motivated but it's about participating and enjoying playing playing football matches other things it can do is connect with local schools and Something I've been really impressed with with engaging with local grassroots clubs, um, particularly with those working on the female side, is they're already doing this. So it's something that clubs haven't thought about or an avenue they haven't looked to go down. I think connecting with local schools and seeing if they can help promote their clubs to the local community is a, is another great great way of uh, creating opportunities for mm-hmm. girls. Yeah, and I guess the last <coughs> lastly is promoting it. I think social media and web, you know, the internet's never been bigger. So, and we're going to try and do our bit as a county affairs in, in trying to share what we see, just to make sure there's no stone unturned and mm. um, parents are aware of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Lloyd, the hugely successful FA Wildcats program. Um, how does that work? Yeah, so it's a five to eleven years uh, focused program for girls. It's a programme that runs for a minimum of two years. And each year, uh, as part of the, the programme, the FA expects a club, if they're a Wildcat centre, to, to deliver across 16 weeks of that year. And they're more than welcome, and we encourage them to deliver beyond those 16 for each year, if, they, if it's possible. Um, as part of the Wildcats, with the Wildcats programme, they do receive funding within their first two years. Um, to help make it sustainable and help provide some budget uh, for different resources. So uh, in total, clubs can receive up to £900 and that's split across the the years one and two and hopefully uh, it'll help safeguard the sustainability beyond years two. Uh, Locally here in Northumberland, uh, it's great that we've had the success of three recent clubs come on board as new Wildcat centres. Um, and those are West of Up United, Putty Youth Football Club and Tweedmouth Rangers. So really excited to welcome them to our Wootbix Wildcats community. Um, and like others, they're going to receive support in terms of financially, but also logistically with um, coaching support and advice about how they can continuously improve what they give those girls attending. Each Wildcat centre has a lead who I directly liaise with. So a big part of 
Uh, my role is making sure that, especially in the, the Weetabix Wildcats programme, that they keep up to date with uh, provision, but also any national or local updates. That could be qualification changes or could be more specifically from um, the FA Wildcats team about um, any resources that are going to help their delivery. We try and drip three drip feed coaching support throughout the year and that could be session plans, top tips and actually what I'm really keen to do is when the majority of Wildcat centres return in, in April and I know there's quite a lot that have been fortunate to run through the winter is actually create a community of sharing ideas so it could be something as minimal as um, maintaining vlogging attendances on the FA platform or actually we've got we've been really successful how do we recruit another coach? What other ways does other clubs manage to keep um, a safe coach to play a ratio for their Wildcats that other clubs can tap into and use? The, F the Northumberland FA website does contain the, the Weetabix Wildcats Amendment Guide that I really do encourage clubs when needed to, to drop onto the, our website and use just, to, just as a good reference point, really. So if they ever get stuck on a particular topic, the guide has everything there for them and um, and yeah so yeah that's great Lloyd so that's that's for the five to eleven year old girls and then I suppose the next question is uh what provision do we have for the the 12 to 14s that that youth development phase yeah so something that um that FA ruled out previously was something called Unite which locally we did a couple of pilots with um a couple of clubs that's been since rebranded and called the Squad Girls program. Um, so Squad Girls is again for those aged twelve to fourteen girls. Uh, it's something that's been rolled out in partnership with Sport England with their with their funding. Um, at the minute, the pilots are being delivered in women's Euros host cities. Um, but a big but a big focus around why they needed to um, introduce this program was to fill the gap above Wildcats. So those are, are participating um, in Wildcats who still want to participate recreationally have an opportunity to continue playing football. So it isn't just going to be turning up and playing in the coach football session, which they may um, may have done previously. There's going to be a big focus on the programme in each session around team building, about around leadership, reflection, and having a bit of a holistic approach where there's going to be some activities which are shared from the FA to support those delivering these programmes um, and something that might be a little bit different out on the football pitch. Similar fo format to Wildcats in the sense that um, those local grassroots clubs that will be offered the chance to deliver squad girls will run for two years and run for a minimum of 16 weeks per per year. Um just to try and keep that consistency. They'll all also receive a similar amount of funding. Um, and locally here in Northumberland County, we'll be looking to, to run two pilot programmes. Um, and I'm currently liaising with those two clubs now. Brilliant. Great work. Um, so I suppose moving moving forward in, in, in the pathway, uh, girls, female players uh, come to the end of possibly uh, playing youth football um, but want to start want to continue still playing the game in some capacity uh, what opportunities is there out there Lloyd uh, whether it's signposting at the teams 
or as I say, other recreational activities for them? Yeah, so we're looking to start a, a 9v9 recreational women's league in the summer. So those listening, keep your eyes uh, peeled for, for more information in the coming months about that. Um, and obviously we're just trying to finalise how long it will run, but it'll be something that's held at the same venue um, over a number of weeks that hopefully will offer women wanting to play potentially not 11v11, but 9v9, um, that opportunity. In addition, we've got some mixed walking football festivals coming up soon as well. Um, so again, in the pipeline to, to be rolled out soon. Fantastic. I suppose last question, Lloyd. Um, what would be your advice to any club that has aspirations of developing a girls' section for their club? Yeah, great question. I think it's to start small and, and, and build from there. I think that's the best advice I could give as a starting point. Um, I think one of, the, one of the things I've learned in in working within the game is trying to make things sustainable and long-term. So to make sure that um, what you deliver has got longevity. So focus on creating you know, and safeguarding that sustainability of provision and then look to bolt on potential girls, teams around that. Um, and you need committed resources to do that, such as volunteers, participation, a budget, um, and, you know, pitch space, to name a few important logistics. Regular support for, the, for those involved in that um, potential new provision, such as a girls' team, is important. So if, if teams, if sorry, if clubs are looking to create a new girls' team, then it's important that whoever's taken some responsibility with the team gets support and make sure that they're not left to their own devices, that they feel like they can reach out to people already within the club that have vast knowledge and experience. Um, I think as clubs do this, it's important that they have the right people promoting their girls' teams, living in the local community that understand the area. Um, and, that, and that sometimes might be difficult, but if you have that opportunity um, to have someone from the local area that, can relate to the girls that that only will um, help brilliant Lloyd is there anything you just want to add before we wrap wrap up um, I think lastly it's just if anyone's listening that wants to reach out then please feel free um, you can drop me an email and, and I'd be really uh, keen to help out my email is lloyd.miller at northumlandfa.com um, and yeah thanks for having me Gary brilliant thanks very much Lloyd <laughs>